on tonight's KRBD Evening Report. Ketchikan's City Council could raise property taxes at tomorrow's meeting. Plus, two more Ketchikan residents have died of COVID-19. And Haynes welcomes its first cruise ship in more than two years. All that and more coming up. First, let's take a look at the weather. Let's get a rain showers tonight with lows in the mid-40s. Northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. Tomorrow, Thursday, mostly sunny, patchy fog. Highs around 60. Northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. Thursday night, partly cloudy with lows in the mid-40s. Northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. Sunny on Friday with highs in the mid-60s. Northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. And Friday night, clear with lows around 40 and west winds to 10 miles an hour. It's the KRBD Evening Report. I'm Eric Stone. Property taxes within Ketchikan City limits could be going up. Ketchikan City Council is set to consider Thursday whether to raise rates by half a mil to cover city services like the police and fire departments. The increase would bring the city's property tax rate to $7.10 per $1,000 of assessed value. According to the city's estimates, the average owner of a single-family home valued at roughly $250,000 would see their taxes rise by about $125 a year. It's projected to raise just shy of $450,000 in revenue for the city. The council greenlit the tax hike in theory last December when it passed this year's city budget, but the council has yet to actually raise rates. The council budgeted for the same half-mill tax hike in 2020 and 2021 to pay for pay raises for city workers approved in 2019. The council delayed the tax increases, though, because of the economic impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. But acting city manager Lacey Simpson writes in a memo that delaying the tax hike again could have dire consequences. Even with the tax increase, city officials project that this year's budget will draw down general fund reserves by $1.7 million. And Simpson writes that without the increase, the city would have to consider hiring freezes, furloughs, and layoffs. Ketchikan's City Council is scheduled to consider the tax hike Thursday evening. In other business, the council is scheduled to consider a new plan for busing cruise ship passengers from a private terminal in Ward Cove to the city's downtown port. Buses have been dropping off passengers in a private lot near Berth 4 after the Ward Cove Dock Group rejected a city proposal to split buses between Berth 2 and the Southeast Alaska Discovery Center over cost and health concerns. Now, Ward Cove Dock Group Vice President Jennifer Black writes in a letter to the city that the company would like to drop passengers closer to the downtown core on Berths 2 and 3. She says the company is willing to cover the city's costs to operate the shuttle staging area. The city's Port and Harbors Director, Daryl Verfai, estimates that the proposal would cost about $70,000 a year in extra staffing from early June to late August. City officials are asking the council how to proceed. Also on Thursday, the council is scheduled to hear a presentation from the Southeast Alaska Watershed Coalition on bacteria levels on Ketchikan's beaches. A water quality monitoring program funded by the Federal Environmental Protection Agency has found unsafe levels of fecal bacteria from humans, dogs, and birds at a wide variety of sites all over Ketchikan in recent years. The Watershed Coalition is expected to ask the city for help addressing the issue. Finally, the council is scheduled to consider requiring parking permits along parts of Park Avenue in response to complaints from residents. Under a proposal submitted by Police Chief Jeff Walls, residents would be issued permits for special residential parking zones along the street. Vehicles parked in a residential parking zone without a permit between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. would be towed. Walls writes that a similar system could be set up in other areas where parking is scarce. Catch Kansas City Council is scheduled to meet at 7 p.m. Thursday in its chambers at City Hall. Members of the public can address the council at the beginning of the meeting. The meeting is broadcast on local cable channels and live-streamed at the city's website. Two more Ketchikan residents have died of COVID-19, according to the state health department, bringing the community's death toll to 23. 
The department reported Wednesday that two men, one in his 70s and the other in his 40s, had died of the disease. It's unclear when the deaths occurred. State health officials reported 76 new cases of COVID-19 in Ketchikan residents in the past seven days in their latest report on Wednesday. That's up 38 percent from the week before. A Peace Health Ketchikan Medical Center spokesperson reported Wednesday that no one is currently hospitalized with the disease in Ketchikan. For the Prince of Wales Hyder census area, state data shows seven new cases in the past seven days. That's down from 11 the previous week. The state health department reported no new deaths linked to COVID-19 in the census area. There have been eight so far in the census area, which includes POW, Metlakatla, Hyder, and Cake. State COVID-19 data is updated weekly on Wednesdays. It does not include at-home test results. There's more information available online at data.coronavirus.alaska.gov. An eagle that died this month in the Sitka National Historical Park tested positive for the avian influenza. A second eagle that died in the park was also tested for the virus, and the results are pending. Jennifer Cedarleaf is the avian director at the Alaska Raptor Center. She says a Sitkin reported a third eagle in his yard on Lance Drive that was exhibiting symptoms of the virus. The last time I heard he was laying under a bush in the guy's, in the gentleman's yard, and I told him, you know, just leave the bird be and let me know what's happening and I can come check it out uh, later. Cedar Leaf says a handful of bald eagles have tested positive for the virus in Alaska so far this month, including several in Dutch Harbor, two in Anchorage, and one in the Matsu Valley. The highly pathogenic bird flu is the worst the country has seen since 2015 and has a high mortality rate for raptors. She says the neurologic symptoms are one indicator that a bird may be suffering. Like holding its head strange or um, having tremors or like having a hard time walking, like stumbling almost, those are really um, good signs for, for avian influenza. She says people who own chickens should keep a close eye on their coops. Those with indoor birds should be very aware. She recommends leaving shoes outside in a bucket to prevent tracking in infected bird feces. A Yakutat woman is in jail pending murder and assault charges after allegedly losing control of her vehicle, killing one man and injuring three others, KCAW's Tosh Kimmel reports. According to court records, 38-year-old Erica Totland rolled her truck around 10.15 p.m. the night of April 30, 2022, resulting in the death of 26-year-old Anton Erickson. Totland, Erickson, and three other passengers were traveling on Forest Highway 10, approximately two miles from Yakutat. One occupant was airlifted to Anchorage, and two others were treated and released. Totland is accused of being under the influence of alcohol at the time of the accident. Totland was arraigned in Juneau Superior Court last week on one count of second-degree murder and three counts of assault. Her next court appearance is scheduled for July 15th. A jury trial is tentatively scheduled for August. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Tosh Kimmel. Haynes welcomed its first large cruise ship since September 2019 last week. It marks the start of what could be a record-breaking cruise season for Upper Lynn Canal communities. But with little public data about COVID-19 cases on ships, some community members worry that ships could also bring a surge in coronavirus cases, as KHNS's Corinne Smith reports. <laughs> A crowd gathered at the Haines cruise ship dock to welcome the first big ship since 2019, including the Haines High School Band, the Chilkat Dancers, borough officials, tour operators, and residents out to see the celebration. Deputy Mayor Cheryl Stickler welcomed the passengers of the Royal Caribbean ship, the Serenade of the Seas. 
You are the first large cruise ship we've been able to host since September 18th, 2019. That's only 967 days, or two years, seven months, and 24 days. Welcome. Welcome, Serenade of the Seas. The 960-foot ship with room for 2,500 passengers is also the first Royal Caribbean vessel to tie up in Haines since the early 2000s. The Serenade's captain, Chell Nordmo, thanked borough officials as they exchanged gifts, a model of the ship and a plaque commemorating the Serenade's first-ever visit to Haines. Thank you for your warm welcome and hospitality during this uh, inaugural call to Haines and we are very excited for the opportunity to showcase this beautiful part of the world not only to our guests but also to our crew members who proudly represent 54 nationalities from around the globe. The Chilkat dancers made up of a multi-generational group from kids to grandparents wear traditional regalia and perform several songs and dances. Haines resident Janine Ward is a dock representative with Alaska Mountain Guides, overseeing lines of tourists boarding buses for evening excursions. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to this summer, and hopefully it brings a lot of revenue for the town of Haines. Haines bookstore owner Amy Kane says after more than two years of pandemic and small or no cruise ships, it's a much-needed boost to small businesses like hers. So it was challenging to build up for it and to find staff for it, um, but I'm glad I made it. I feel like I just made it to the starting line, really, after two years. But Kane says she's concerned that cruise passengers could bring a surge in COVID-19 cases to small communities like Haines. It's definitely nerve-wracking because, yeah, people, I mean, just travelers in general pose a higher risk, having more people here, having, you know, the the town size population double in one day or or whatever, depending on how full the ships are, is a lot. Um, I do feel like we're going to see a spike in numbers. A Royal Caribbean spokesperson said in an email that the cruise line requires passengers ages 12 and older to be vaccinated and show a negative PCR test before sailing. Children younger than 12 are required to test twice. And all crew are required to be vaccinated. But that doesn't mean the ships are COVID-free. On Monday, Serenade of the Seas passenger Jim Gettler of Washington State contacted KHNS after his son and daughter-in-law tested positive for COVID-19. Saturday night, my partner and I, we just tested just in general. We carried some antigen tests with us. We were negative. Uh, my son and his wife got sick. Yes, felt sick yesterday shortly after getting off the boat. And they tested themselves, and they were both positive. Royal Caribbean did not respond to inquiries about how many passengers tested positive on this serenade sailing. Cruise lines are required to report COVID data to state authorities, but little data is publicly available. Gettler says his son reported his positive results to the cruise line, and Royal Caribbean is offering to reimburse COVID-positive passengers for meals after their cruise, up to $100 per day, not exceeding 10 days. Royal Caribbean did not respond to requests for comment. Haines Tourism Director Stephen Ock says the cruise lines have agreements with port communities that include COVID protocols, sanitation requirements, and a commitment that if there is an outbreak, passengers would be medevaced to Seattle. 
Ox says Haynes does not have COVID requirements, but local businesses and residents can take precautionary measures. If you look at the operators, a lot of them are requiring uh, masking on the buses for transportation. So, um, you know, every business has its own opportunity to take whatever steps it feels is necessary. Ock echoed state public health officials who recommend COVID vaccinations, masking indoors, and social distancing where possible. In Haines, I'm Corinne Smith. That's all for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can get the show as a podcast on your favorite podcast app or on your smart speaker by asking it to play the KRBD Evening Report. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Eric Stone.